talking about joy, today we are wrapping up our look at living a joyful life. And we're going to sum it all up in this last uh, section of Philippians chapter 4. And uh, so if you have your Bibles or your phone, oh, wrong glasses. Uh, Philippians chapter 4, we're going to be starting in verse 10, and we're going to read through the end of the chapter, and we're going to wrap up the book of Philippians with this look at the source of our joy. And it really is all about Jesus. When it comes down to it, we can talk about joy coming from loving one another. We can talk about joy coming from from getting our focus on the right things. We can talk about joy uh, by uh, uh, learning to get our priorities straight. But joy really comes from Jesus. And we've got to begin to, to re uh, uh, see and get a re new vision of Jesus. So let's uh, pick it up in verse 10 of Philippians chapter 4. This is what Paul says. He says, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound in any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty, of hunger and abundance and need. For I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. And you Philippians know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. For I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts that you sent. They are a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me greet you, and all the saints greet you, especially those of Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. So we see a lot in this section, but we really see two main things that come from this very last word. The very last uh, uh, sentence of this word is, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. You see, it is when we begin to receive the grace of who Jesus is. It is when we begin to realize that everything we do that everything that we are, that everything that we are striving to gain and accomplish really is not about us, but it is all in Jesus. When we get our eyes on Jesus, and that's, that's the fight. 
because there's a lot of things that are fighting for our attention. And we all know that, right? I mean, uh, we all want to succeed. We all want to enjoy pleasure. We all want to uh, 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 enjoy our family. Fight for our attention. Last week, if you watch our, our stream, if you didn't go back and look, we, we talked about uh, it is distraction that brings anxiety and worry. And Jesus said, don't be anxious about anything, but with everything, bring it to me. Get your eyes on me. Begin to think on these things. Think about Christ. Think about uh, everything that he is. And so when we begin to get a new view of Jesus, and, and, and that means beginning to, doesn't mean you ignore the hardship. It doesn't mean you ignore the pain because there is sorrow in life. And there is pain, and God does not expect you to ignore it. But in the midst of it, he says, look to me. It's kind of like a, a woman in labor. Um, uh, I've never been there, don't want to be there, but uh, I've been in the room uh, before. And, you know, they always get a focus point when the pain comes. You know, focus, breathe, right? And, and just look at that focus point. And when you have that focus point, it gets you through the pain instead of looking at the pain. Jesus says, I am your focus point. You know what? When you're going through the hardest pain of your life, just look at me and breathe. Now, it doesn't mean it doesn't hurt, but look at me. And so Jesus says, when you look at me, two things happen and they really go together. The first thing is we see what what Paul said. He says, I have learned how to abound. In other, now, that's not hard. I've learned how to be successful. I, I've learned how to receive accomplishments. But he says, I've also learned how to be hungry. I've learned how to be in pain. I've learned how to not get what I wanted. And the reason I can do all things is through Jesus who strengthens me. Now, we read that verse, and this is, this is the first key verse when it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It has nothing. We, we use that word do, and so many times we begin to put it on a personal thing. I can do all things. In other words, I can accomplish something, that there's anything I put my mind to, I can accomplish it through Jesus. That's not what it's saying. It has nothing to do with personal objectives. It has nothing to do with accomplishing things. The, the action there is not to do something physically. When Paul says, I can do all things, what he's saying is I can handle anything. I can make it through whatever this life throws at me. That's the doing that he's talking about. And, and so we need to not twist that. We twist it into our own uh, uh, favor when we want to do something. And then we just claim that promise. Well, I can do all things through Christ. Well, maybe not. If it's not God's plan for you, then you are not going to be able to do that. But what you can do is you can make it through any circumstance that God throws at you. That's what Paul is saying. I can be content. I can rejoice in God no matter what. When I'm hungry, I can still rejoice. I can receive the joy of the Lord. I can still be used by God. I can still know that there is a purpose for my life. That's what you can do. Um, you can make it. And, and, and so when we have our eyes on Jesus, this is a great superpower. The enemy cannot 
bring us down. Uh, when we get our eyes on Jesus, we don't have to give in to anger. We don't have to give in to fear. We don't have to give in to uh, despair or, or depression. Uh, when that comes uh, into our mind and our heart and tries to fight for us, we can do all things. I can overcome that because I'm going to keep my eyes on Jesus. You see, I can do that through Jesus who strengthens me. It is Jesus that is our focal point. The question is, is he our focal point? Or are our eyes getting distracted to things that we get caught up in? Um, are we getting caught up in, in the things that we want? Are we getting caught up? And then we sometimes justify that by saying, well, you know, I'm doing it for you, the Lord. And, and, and so even we get we get distracted by things that we're doing for God, like church and, and those things. If we're not doing it with our eyes on Jesus, then it's all just a personal distraction. And so we can learn. Now, the word there, he said, he says, I've had to learn. So it is not something that I just look to Jesus and I'm just going to automatically be content that now I can be content no matter what comes my way. He says, I've learned to become content. I've learned to do everything through Christ who strengthens me. So in other words, we're not always going to be successful. There's going to be times that we struggle. But when we experience those times of selfishness or self-centeredness and we realize it, this is what Paul had to do. He has learned to recognize when those other things affect him. We've got to, to have a conscious effort to recognize when we're getting distracted. See, and there's our problem. Most of the time, we don't even realize when we're distracted because I'm still a good person. That's all we worry about is just being a good person and I'm not doing anything wrong. And yet that's the deception uh, of the enemy because many people are pulled away from God, not by wrong actions, but by simply just being distracted and not having a focus on God. And so we need to ask ourselves, am I learning to be content in Jesus? Am I learning to be happy with Jesus and he is the very source of my happiness? Yes, I love my family, but my family cannot be my source of happiness. I love these two little twins that are coming. I don't even know them yet. I haven't even met them yet. I don't even know whether it's boys or girls or a boy and a girl, but yet I'm going to love them with all my heart, but they will still not be the focus of my joy. We've got to focus and learn to say, Jesus, you're the source. Because without you, Jesus, my family would fall apart. Without you, Jesus, if I'm just going to do it based on this, sooner or later, those things fade away. Everything in this world fades away. So we've got to learn and, and constantly hold ourselves accountable. Jesus, am I being content in you? Am I happy in you no matter what comes my way? When people treat me wrong, when things are not fair, am I focusing on those things and letting those things eat into my heart? Or in the middle of that, am I willing to say, no, I'm going to keep my eyes on you, Jesus. 
the things that are not fair, those things are going to fade away too. So I'm not going to let them gain my focus. I'm going to look to you, Jesus. It is Jesus who strengthens us. And so we've got to learn to do that. Paul says, I've learned to do it. I've put it into practice. I've held myself accountable. I've gotten on myself sometimes. I love how David, and, and not only David, but the different psalmists, if you read the psalms, many of them, Asaph, they, they, they say, soul, they talk to themselves and say, soul, why are you downcast? Don't you remember who God is? Don't you remember what he's done? You see, that's them learning. That's them telling themselves uh, and saying, stop that. We need to say that to ourselves. You know what? And I have to say that to myself. Stop doing that. And that's okay. But catch yourself and do it so that you can learn from it and you can grow in that. And yes, as we grow in the Lord, hopefully it won't happen as often. Or when someone else sees us and says, you know, man, I want to encourage you. you. You need to stop getting focused on it. Instead of getting mad at them, don't tell me what I need. We need to say, you know what? You're right. I'm going to let that bring me back to focus on the Lord. So contentment in the Lord to be able to do anything, whatever comes my way, I can do that if I'm focused on the Lord. So the first great thing that comes from knowing Jesus, from focusing on him or by thinking about him, letting him be part of my life, letting him be the reason I make every decision. And we need to ask ourselves, when I'm making this decision, is it for him or is it for me? Is that will bring contentment. It brings peace. It brings joy when everyone else is upset. And there's a lot of people upset in our nation right now because their eyes are not on Jesus. But here's the second thing real quick. When you have your eyes on Jesus, we see that Paul says, I rejoice because I've seen that you have began to care about me. And he says, I rejoice in this, not because you're caring about me, not because of what you're doing, but I rejoice in that because that shows me that you are focusing on Jesus. Because when you focus on Jesus, it will always create generosity. You see, they began to send gifts to him that, that when we are content in Jesus, it, it becomes easier for us to be generous to one another. And the joy of the Lord flows out of generosity. This is the very heart of God. If you think of the heart of God. What is the what is the most famous scripture in all of the Bible? If I was to ask anyone, what do you think the most memorized scripture, even people that don't know Jesus, what scripture do you think that they would know? John 3.16. Even if they watch football games, they've seen John 3.16. And what does John 3.16 say? For God so loved the world that he gave. The very heart of God and the heart of love and the heart of joy is giving. In fact, it was a joy for God to give. It was a joy for Jesus to give his life for us. Now that we can't understand that. But it says for the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross. He went to the cross because it was a joy for him. Why? Not because he wanted to suffer, but because generosity comes out of the contentment. He, he knew that God would take care of him. He knew that his father was in control. And so he was able to be generous because he knew that everything else would be taken care of. I can give everything that I have because who cares what I have? God will take care of me. When you have your eyes on Jesus, when you know who Jesus is for you, and when you're content in that, it begins to 
open up the avenues of generosity. Um, and he told them, he says, I, I thank you that you are the only ones that helped me throughout my ministry. And this is what he says. He says, for they've learned this, that my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory. You see, when you know Jesus, when you focus on Jesus, when he becomes your purpose of living, when he becomes the motivation for everything that you do, then you know that he will supply all your needs. So therefore, everything I have is here to be a blessing. And there is joy in being a blessing. If I can help someone else, that's more important than what I can get. Because if I just keep it for my own consumption and I enjoy it, yeah, that's great that I enjoy it, but that enjoyment is momentary and then it's gone. Whereas if I can help you, then that begins to be like an investment in someone else's life and I see them grow from that, that will never go away. So when we are content in Christ, knowing Christ, we are able to trust in the fact that my God will meet all of my needs through his riches and glory. Now, you know, it says he will meet all my needs, not all my wants, but my God will meet everything I need. And he knows what I need more than I know what I need. In fact, some of my needs that he meets are deeper and more satisfying than what I've even asked for. Because many times I don't ask God for what I really need. What I think I need is something that God says, no, you don't need that. But I'll tell you what you really need. I'll give you this. And when he gives me that, I'm like, oh, God, I'm glad you gave me that because I like that much better than what I asked for. God is so good to us that he meets our needs in ways that are richer, that are deeper than anything we imagined. But sometimes that means that we have to learn to go through hunger. We have to go through want. We have to go through sorrow. We have to go through pain. But on the other side of pain is the, is the riches of God's glory, is the grace of Jesus. So let's get our eyes on Jesus. When we begin to focus on Jesus, he will strengthen us. You see, it's his strength that helps us to be content. It's his riches that helps us to be generous. If it's up to us, then we can never be content. And if it's up to us, we can never be generous because we'll always hold a little bit back. But when you see Jesus, you don't have to hold anything back. You can be completely content and you can be completely generous. And when you... Find that place of centering in your life. There is joy. Because see, then the world cannot touch it. No matter what the world throws at you, they cannot touch your joy. And one day, we are going to be welcomed in to eternity of joy with Christ. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. If you want to live a joyful life, let's get our eyes on Jesus. Let's, let's begin to say no to the desires of the world, the hurts of the world, the criticisms of the world. I can do all those things through Christ who strengthens me. Whatever the world throws at me, we're going to rejoice together in Jesus. Let's bow our heads.